Blog Talk Radio. All right, guys, we're back. We're broadcasting five days a week. Uh, you know, we got the big jump coming up. Uh, before we get on, I got to tell you this story. Uh, Sunday, I didn't get to watch most of the afternoon games. I had to run over to the Home Depot or the Lowe's or whatever it is and get a bunch of mulch. I ended up getting like seven bags of mulch for that big mud hole you guys saw in my yard. I put the seven bag or six of it fit on one end, and that side was done. Moved it over to the other side where that light one was done. It was full. Had to go back and get more because I got a few spots in my front yard that were like right when you pull in, there was where I think the gas company had torn it up or whatnot. So I ended up buying five more bags, and these are like $3 a bag. I ended up putting the five bags spread out. I put like one more bag up front and, you know, the other four over there. Turns out I need three more bags of mulch. I was so mad that I've got to go back one more time to buy it. So, I mean, I don't know if you've got – yeah, that, that it was just like, wow, I cannot believe it. Because I was like, dang, and my, and my wife says, didn't you say you needed three more bags of sand the last time you did the sand? I said, yeah, but this time it'll stick. So, uh, anyway, we're going to get right into the to the show. I just, you know, thought I'd, thought I'd share my frustrations with uh, the radio world. Uh, Peter, go ahead and give us your rant for today. All right, so mine is, um, mine is about the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, I thought about maybe giving them a break, but I'm absolutely not going to do that. No way. No, I'm not going to. Because this team got Frank Gore and Andre Johnson in the offseason, and they it seemed like the Colts are going to be great this year. They're going to have a great season, maybe make run for the Super Bowl, win their division on the landslide. Now, of course, part of this is because of Andrew Luck's injury. But your backup quarterback is a 40-year-old. Don't just pick him at Hasselback, but there's only so much a guy that's been in the NFL for so long can do. And then you have Charlie Whitehurst as your third-string quarterback. Charlie Whitehurst, okay, he, I would never start him in a game ever, period, unless I really needed to. I'd sign him off the street and throw him in the game, that's about it. But the Indianapolis Colts, is just embarrassing to watch them play. They got a 50-burger dropped on them by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are, respect them, have found a lot of great offensive pieces. But the Indianapolis Colts are just an abomination um, if they win their division, it's going to be a shame that they even host a home game because whoever wins that division shouldn't even be playing a home game. They should be playing on the road against the wild card team who actually knows how to win football games instead of going six, possibly 6-10 and 10 to win their damn division. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And that's all i got to say. Are you there, Ron? The game... Um, a rant line. The Rams in this 21 team. All four pick the line in this game. The fifth straight game. Excuse me. Absolutely straight game. This is the first one. And this was the coverage. Uh, he's a guy you might not name out, and he uh, on Johnson. At the end of the day, Calvin had one catch on five and six. Dwayne uh, Johnson had an outstanding yard, a 58-6 in this. It was a huge factor for Vince. Uh, completely shut down Calvin. Um, they were all 
point. He had a, a good Hey, Ryan, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and hang up and call back in and we'll get back to that game. Uh, Amos, go ahead and take the next game. We're going to let Ryan dial. We'll let Ryan dial back in. All right. We got the Redskins travel to Soldier Field to take on the Bears. Uh, good game. I thought it was way more interesting than what I had thought it was going to be. I'd actually pick Chicago to take it in this game. Kirk Cousins known not to play well on the road. Actually, the entire team known not to play very well on the road. But the Redskins jumped out to a 21-7 lead. Kirk Cousins throws an interception, and you think, okay, maybe this is where the tank, or the gas runs out of the tank. Bears start to make a comeback. You know, Alshon Jeffrey had, I think, seven receptions for over 100 yards and touchdown. Jordan Reed also played an excellent game. At the end of the day, uh, he had Robbie Gold missed a 50-yard field goal, which is something he's had a problem with the last couple weeks. I think he missed two field goals last week. This game actually surprised me with the final outcome. I thought the Bears would win, and I thought they would actually win quite easily. But the Redskins took it, surprised me, and showed that maybe they can actually win on the road, win this division, and maybe even win a playoff game. Uh, Browns 24, 49ers uh, 10. Actually, this game, you know, uh, we all picked the 49ers to win, thinking the Browns were in trouble. Johnny Menzel didn't play great, didn't play too bad. It's going to be interesting moving forward with these guys. Uh, the 49ers play the Bengals in, on Sunday coming up. So, it, you know, the way I look at it this way is uh, <laughs> it, it could be an interesting game there. But hats off to the Browns for the huge win. Uh, congrats to Johnny Manziel. Maybe he is the quarterback of the future. All right, so I got the Seahawks and Ravens here. Um, Seattle won in the landslide 35-6 to in for that game uh, on Sunday morning when we had our last um, two-hour show, we predicted that it would be a blowout um, and that the, the uh, spread wouldn't be covered, and we were right. Now, Russell Wilson continues to play phenomenal football. He uh, another five-touchdown performance today. So Baldwin caught three more touchdowns. He's now at 11 touchdowns on the season. The offense is, seems to be rolling. Uh, and then you look at the run game with Rawls going down. That might hurt Seattle down the stretch in the run game. But as long as Russell Wilson continues to throw the ball the way he's throwing it, they'll do fine. And the Legion of Boom um, did a great job. No touchdown passes allowed on the day. Uh, and the running game of Baltimore was just awful um, on Sunday. So that, that's that's my game. Again, Seahawks 35, Ravens. Uh, we'll skip over the Texans and Jets, and when Ryan gets back in, we'll let him take the uh, those games. Go ahead. All right, got the uh, wait. Colts never mind. The Jags. He Hold on one oh, second. Okay. Uh, Ryan, go ahead and uh, start over again with your uh, game. There, we're on a uh, Colts Jags after that. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, uh, no well, problem. I was with the, the Rams game. They won twenty-one to fourteen over the Lions. Um, Jermaine Johnson was a very, was a key to this. Uh, had a huge game. Played one on one against Calvin Johnson for most of the game. He held Calvin Johnson to just one catch on five targets and 16 yards. Uh, Jermaine Johnson also had a 58 yard pick six in this game. Um, unbelievable uh, that he had such a great game against Calvin Johnson, who's still one of the premier wide receivers in the NFL. 
huge game for Tremaine Johnson. He was a big win that they, a big reason why they won this game. Very impressive game. Uh, another guy that had a great game in this was Todd Gurley. Had 16 carries, 140 yards. That's an 8-8 average, 8.8 yards per run, uh, two touchdowns. Uh, unbelievable game. This is all four of us picked the Lions to win this game, and the Rams end up winning it. They end their five-game losing streak. Um, and it's funny that they won because they, they lost the battle for – uh, lost the battle of yardage, had less yardage, less time of possessions, less first down or yeah, less first downs than um, the Lions had. Still able to pick up the win. Um, in case Keenum continues to struggle, but Todd Gurley put him on their back, had a huge game, and the Rams get the win. All right, back to you, Amos. All right, we got the Colts and Jags. Jags won 51 to 16. Colts jumped out to an early 13-3 lead, but the sec, or, uh, Andre Branch coming in, stripping the ball, running it back for a touchdown with a huge momentum change in that game. I think a lot of people have thought the Colts would win. They ended their 16-game divisional game win streak. Uh, I know a lot of people want to talk about Indy, the way they didn't pull through, especially with all that talent and Andrew Luck being hurt. But the way I look at this is a young Jaguars team coming together, especially on that offensive side. Blake Bortles doing awesome. He didn't throw for, you know, 300-something yards. He threw for enough, three touchdowns, ran one in, and just kind of dominated all over the field. thought it was a great win for them, and I think that winning will continue, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them win that division. Steelers 33, Bengals 20. Uh, the biggest story here for me was Andy Dalton. The injury went down. A.J. McCarron did throw a touchdown late in that game. But that Steelers offense just continues to roll. They've got the Broncos coming up this weekend. Uh, uh, we'll we'll see where they go from here because, uh, you know, the Steelers, we're actually going to talk about this, uh, the playoff shift here in a little bit. So, But that's all I got on this one. Sorry, guys, I didn't watch a bunch of these games with the uh, – the stuff going on outside of uh, football. All right, so um, Falcons at the Panthers. Uh, you want to talk about embarrassing? The Falcons got embarrassed, and they be shut off thirty-eight nothing. The Panthers dropped twenty-one points in the first quarter alone. Cam Newton continues his march towards the MVP. I believe he he was fifteen to twenty-one for three touchdowns. Uh, he threw two of those in the first quarter, both the Teddy Ginn, one was a 74-yard catch and one was a 46-yard catch. Uh, you know, it's funny, Teddy Ginn Jr., when he first came in the NFL, was rolled off as a bust um, because he dropped a lot of passes. Uh, his two lone catches were for the touchdown, so Kim Noon is making his receivers look pretty good. And Carolina's now 13-0, Atlanta's at 6-7. and uh, I think it's safe to say that Atlanta season is definitely over, and I think that they're going to end up losing the next three games against Coast Coast. And as far as Carolina goes, their offense keeps going no matter who who they have to put out there. However, I believe Jonathan Stewart and um, Greg Olson had injuries, although I haven't heard anything major or serious about them, so they should be okay. And I think Carolina's looking like they could go 16-0 right now. Did we lose Ron? Oh, no, no, I'm here. Sorry about that. Bills right. at Eagles. Uh, this game was another game that was surprising. Um, the Eagles end up winning this 23-20 to over the Bills. In this game, uh, every time the Eagles scored, the Bills like, tried to stay with them. Uh, you know, they scored a touchdown the very next drive. 
the Bills score a touchdown to t- knot it up 7-7. Seven to seven. You know, they score another touchdown. The Bills' very next drive get a field goal, so it's 14 to uh Fourteen to ten, uh, they end up getting it to twenty to twenty, and then at the very end, the Bills are able to get you know, or the Eagles are able to get the field goal, end up winning the game. Uh, both quarterbacks in this game uh, had a one touchdown and one interception. In this game, you could clearly see, if you look at the stats, clearly see what happened. Uh, the Bills had more rushing and passing yards, uh, sixty-four more total yards actually than the Eagles had. Um, they moved the ball better, had better, uh, more time of possession. Um, <clears throat> but the, here's the key. On third down, Eagles were 9, nine for 18. Bills were 6 for 16. Penalty, um, the Eagles had five penalties for 55 yards. The Bills had 15 penalties for 101 yards. Uh, the Eagles also had only one turnover to the Bills, two turnovers. Uh, so the Bills did... We're the more productive team, but the Eagles were actually the more disciplined team in this, and that's why they end up getting the win. Now both teams are setting at six and seven, and both are looking uh, at the outside in at the playoffs, uh, trying to to stay relevant. It's going to be hard for both teams to get in. Of course, a little bit easier for the Eagles since they are in the awful NFC East. Uh, New York Giants are beating the. Uh, Dolphins ten to seven. Ryan, why don't you go ahead and take that Titans game as well, since we I forgot to plug it into the uh, the thing. Absolutely, uh, the Titans end up losing uh, eight to thirty to the Jets. This was a tough one. Uh, as everybody listens now, I'm a Titans fan. This is not a fun one to watch for me. Uh, the Jets just dominated all sides of the ball here. They had 147 more total yards. They had the time of possession. They had the ball 11 minutes and 52 seconds longer than the Titans. Uh, you know, they win the turnover margin one to nothing. Uh, they had 24 first downs compared to the Titans' 15. Here's a fun fact for you of this game. Chris Ivory had 101 yards. Their backup, Belial Powell, had 36 rushing yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick only had three carries, had 23 yards. And Stephen Ridley, their third-string running back, had 23 yards. The entire Tennessee Titans team had 13 carries for 24 yards. They only had one more yard than Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Jets' third-string running back. Uh, Completely shut down the Titans' running game. I think that was expected with how bad the Titans' running game is and how good the Jets' rushing defense is. Um, Mariota, though, had a 41-yard touchdown catch. Uh, the pass from his running back, Antonio Andrews, and that makes Mariota the first rookie to have a rushing, passing, and receiving touchdown in the same season since Deuce McAllister did it in 2001. Just a little fun fact there for you guys. All right, Amos, it's you. Saints to Bucks. Okay, yep. I have the Saints traveling to <laughs> Tampa Bay. Actually, surprised the Big Ten Bay to win this game. Saints haven't been good on the road all year. Drew Brees hasn't been good on the road all year. He only missed ten passes, threw for 312 yards, two touchdowns. Marcus Colston showed up to be his red zone threat once again in the end zone. Buccaneers try to come back with a comeback. Uh, Doug Martin had a good game. But I think the biggest difference in this game was Saints got Tim Hightower going. 
And I think as far as football world, I think that surprised everyone a little bit. Uh, Chiefs 10, Chargers – oh, sorry. Chiefs 10, Chargers 3. Looking over the box score, it was a rather sloppy game. I think the big difference maker here was the uh, drop touchdown pass that Philip Rivers threw to end that game. It actually went down to the wire. Really, really great game if anybody has Redzone Channel and happened to be watching as they were closing the games out. Uh, I think that puts Kansas City at 8-5. and five And, you know, like I said, we talked about it all year or since they've been on this red-hot winning streak. I, I think most of us expect them to win out and stay in the playoff race. So uh, then we got the. Speaking of the um, AFC West, we had the the um, Raiders or Broncos, and I myself and I believe Amos and I'm not sure Richard or Ryan had picked this as the upset pick, but uh, it was it was definitely a good call. And then when you look at um, and when you look at the the stat box, Derek Carr didn't do, you know, he, he didn't complete too many passes. Uh, he was below fifty percent. Um, and then you look at Brock Osweiler, he threw the ball 51 times, completed 35 of them, because the running game clearly wasn't that good. I mean, uh, Ronnie Hillman had 12 carries for 20 yards. The run game just wasn't good, and the receivers were dropping a lot of passes. Uh, Maris Thomas dropped – I know he at least dropped one, and um, the Broncos actually didn't score anything after the after – the, they were shutting out the Raiders in the first half, and then the Raiders uh, shut them out in the second half. Um, and probably the, and this really hurts. This really hurts the Broncos in playoff seating because now they have to go and play the Steelers um, next, on this upcoming Sunday. So if Denver falls to ten and four and the Patriots win, the Patriots still have a leg up in in the first in the first seed by by a game or two. Uh, so it's kind of interesting right now to see what direction the, the Broncos are going to head in because clearly the offense sputtered again. The running game. Is Open down all year for Denver. Brock Osweiler had to do a lot on his own. The receivers dropping the ball. So there's a lot, a lot Denver needs to clean up on. And as for Oakland, another great win for them this season. And Oakland continues to grow as a team and as a unit. In this Packers Green Bay game, it was a late game last night. If you watched it, um, no, I mean the afternoon game. Excuse me, if you watched it. Uh, Dallas 7, Green Bay 28. This game was a lot closer than the score implies if you watched it. Um, Dallas has its chances. They moved the ball down the field uh, well. And, you know, this this Dallas team plays great from 20-yard line to 20-yard line. Um, and then, you know, they can't do anything in the red zone. They can't move the ball when they get to that end of the field. Uh, some takeaways that I had from this game is Matt Castle's completion percentage was only 45%, 13 for 29, 114 yards and an interception. You're not going to play Green Bay or uh, let alone like half the teams in the NFL, you know, and you can't play anybody and really and have those kind of numbers. Like you're not beating Cleveland if you're completing 45% of your passes. Uh, Completely awful game. But there was some good to take away. Darren McFadden had a great game. Not only nine carries, 111 yards. That is a 12.3 average per carry. That's a first down every time he gets the ball. I mean, unbelievable how good of a game that he had. Um, you know, it's, it's sad that they couldn't use him more than they did in this game. Uh, on the other side of the ball, 
Aaron Rodgers has a good game, 22 for 35, 218 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Eddie Lacy looks like he's coming back, 24 carries, 124 yards and a touchdown. Um, this was another, it was just hard to watch, you know. Not wasn't a lot of turnovers. There was the Sam Shields interception, um, that, but that was the only, uh, that was the only interception of the game. There was no fumbles that were in the word it lost so it stayed pretty tight even though that uh the score tells you you know it was they destroyed them they didn't score those last 14 points until the the fourth quarter so most of this game uh was one score um you know it's the dallas is just it's hard for them to do anything with the ball without turning them on the field that's all there is to it Yeah, and we had the uh, Patriots travel down to Houston. Uh, score was 27-6. Much, I thought, it was further away than what I thought it was going to be. I thought the Patriots, or I thought the Texans would at least keep pace with the Patriots, especially having DeAndre Hopkins. But New England covered him well. Uh, they actually did awesome against the running game, something that they kind of struggled with the last few weeks. But they shut down the running game. And um, in the trenches, I thought they did awesome on the trenches, both sides of the ball. David Newton, the Texans' right tackle, had a rough game last night. It seems like just blown line assignments. Let Jabal sheared by him a couple times. Rob Ninkovich beat him on a hand slap. I think he had a real rough night. Um, the, the left tackle, I forget what his name is, did a very, very good job against Chandler Jones. Kind of held Chandler in check. I know Chandler said before the game that, you know, he had 35-inch arms compared to Houston's tackle 33-and-a-half-inch arms, and he was hoping that that would help him get help him get around him. And he came in last night as the third-leading sack leader, but I think he dropped down to fourth with Khalil Mack in the Raiders game having five sacks which was really impressive. That was good for him. Uh, they had Logan Ryan on DeAndre Hopkins for a lot of the game last night. I know they let him – I think they let or they let Logan go up against DeAndre one time without help. I think it ended up being like a 40-yard reception. And I don't know. I thought it was a good game. New England shut down the Texans in the second half. I know Brian Hoyer went out with a concussion protocol. And then lost LeGarrette Blount to a hip injury. Devin McCourty went out with an ankle injury. Overall, I thought it was a real good game. New England showed that they could run the ball again. And Rob Gronkowski coming back was huge. Had that huge, I think, 40, 45-yard reception in the first quarter. Whoever was covering him slipped, and he just got wide open. And it was just big help for them. That offense got going. Brandon Lafell. Caught a couple balls. Actually didn't drop as many as I thought he would. So I was happy for him. I know he slipped on a play to where he probably could have had a first down, but he didn't. But overall, I thought a good game. Patriots into two-game skid. They go from the third seed back up to the first seed. And I think they'll continue to win. And I think Texans, the Texans may or may not rebound, but time will tell. All right, quick question for everyone. Uh, what was the most shocking game of the week for you guys? For me, it's obviously uh, 
San Francisco getting blown out by Cleveland, and Cleveland has been like this laughing stock of the league all year. For me, honestly, it was the Titans as the Jets because I thought the Titans, and I I agreed with Ryan yesterday morning that they'd keep it close until the third or fourth quarter. The fact the fact that the only touchdown scored by Tennessee was a receiving touchdown for Marcus Mariota is what makes it so surprising to me, and that really really shocked me. Yeah, for me, it's, it's uh, I called the Jags in the upset, uh, but I didn't expect them to just put the pounding to the Colts on Sunday. Uh, I thought it was going to be a close game. You know, even though I picked them, that was my upset pick of the week. I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought it was going to be a hard-fought game. But, man, they just beat the brakes off of the Colts. That's mine. <laughs> I think mine would be uh, Detroit and St. Louis. I mean, that uh, St. Louis' defense came out and proved me wrong, played great. I know they've been decimated injury, and I thought that I thought Stafford would just go out there and kind of swing all over them. But St. Louis stepped up, made plays when they had to, and it was a good game, and, you know, kudos to them. And I, I think uh, we all got our uh, locks of the week right and our upset picks of the week right. I know that my lock of the week was I think everybody had the lock of the week except for Amos. I think we all had uh, – Baltimore losing badly to Seattle. I think we actually had a caller Sunday morning calling saying, do you think Baltimore is going to cover the spread? And we were like, none of us thought that anyway. And I think Amos had the uh, – the because, Peter, you were saying that Amos had the uh, – yeah, you had the uh, the Raiders over the Chargers for my lock. And then, yeah, the Raiders over Denver is my upset. Yeah, as I think Same. we all got it. And I think – yeah, and I think uh, Ryan's upset pick of the week was uh, the – Jaguars over the Colts. So if you want to hear locks and upsets of the week, this is your radio show to do it. We were right on the money, all four of us. All right. So uh, looking ahead at these stories over the weekend, we had a bunch of them that, you know, we each picked four stories and we're going to talk about these on a discussion type basis here. My story of the week is going to be the rash of injuries. All you guys said, Andy Dalton's down, Devin McCourty's down. Uh, It's just, and I think I read somewhere that the injury has been plagued by the league this year. If you think about it, most of these teams, I think the the ones with the significant injuries are the Colts, the Ravens, even uh, Le'Veon Bell from the Steelers is gone for the year. The Patriots are dealing with uh, injuries on their offensive side of the ball. Uh, Dallas has got some injuries. So, I mean, you know, and the, the weird thing is, is some teams are built for depth. And I think we made the somebody. I made the joke one week saying something about, well, this coach shouldn't be fired because it was. Uh, and the Chargers were the other team that had the injuries. And I think somebody somebody told me, well, they're not going to fire Mike McCoy because he he's he's going to get off because of all the injuries. And I said that's a load of crap because there's been teams that have injuries that are still winning. So I don't want to hear nothing about the the injury bug that, you know, is an excuse of why you can't win football games because everyone's dealing with them right now. But I, I actually talked to my friend at the gym today who was a Chargers fan, and he just couldn't explain it himself either. He said, so what do you think they need to fire Mike McCoy? The guy's like, well, you know, so that's a tough decision. He said, we need to do something because he said ever since the Chargers – and Ladanian Tomlinson left town to go to play in New York. That's when the whole playoff run, and he figured that thing was over. I'm going to let you guys put some uh, thoughts on the injuries that are going on throughout the league. 
Yeah, there's a ton of injuries going on, especially, in, like you said, with, you know, there's receivers, defensive backs. And I know that the rule changes are all good. They're awesome, especially to help protect the players. You know, make sure there's not going up too high, not trying to, you know, end someone's career with, you know, back concussion or any kind of neck issues. But I know you see a lot of injuries, especially with knees, things like that, with, you know, defenders going low because it's the only place they can hit that's legal. And I don't know. I, I think some of it has to do with that. Andy Dalton's injury, I'm not sure why you would try to tackle a defensive lineman who intercepts, you know, that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I think that's one as a quarterback, you just need to back up, kind of let that go. And I, I think that injury is kind of solely on him being his fault. But another part is, is this far into the season, everybody's getting hurt and everybody's playing hurt. I think this, this year especially, you see them taking a lot more hits than usual. Injuries this year have just been decimating the teams. I mean, you look at uh, the Ravens especially. You know, you want to talk about injuries throughout the whole year. Just the starting quarterback, the starting running back, the best receiver, and one of the most dominating defensive players in their, in their history is just been horrible. Um, and then you look at what happened this week. Devin McCourty, Laguerre, Blunt in the same game. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton to me was probably the worst injury of all the teams this week because his injury could potentially put him out for the rest of the season, according to ESPN. And what makes it interesting about that, too, is now have A.J. McCarron starting perhaps the rest of the season. And what makes it more interesting is if he has to start into the playoffs, assuming Dalton just completely shut down, is that if they lose a playoff game for the fifth year in a row, their head coach is going to be saved again because A.J. Dalton got hurt. So the owner might say, well, He's been 0-4 with Dalton, but now he's 0-5 because our starting quarterback got hurt. So Marvin Lewis might just have his job saved if they go to the playoffs and lose a game. And how crazy is that to think that happen? Oh, it's been unbelievable how many players have been placed on IR this year. Um, from around the league, uh, a lot of running backs. You mentioned Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram, uh Last week was play on, uh, placed on IR. Uh, Carlos Hyde, um, of course, Forsett, uh, uh, Deion Lewis. I mean, you just the names just keep coming to you. So many players that have gotten injured this year, um, and it, it does seem like more than usual. Uh, I think a lot of this has to do with um, the uh, concussion protocol. I think that how keeps a lot of people out. You know, they're more, they're definitely more genuine, strenuous about uh, the concussions than they have been, which is a good thing. You know, we've talked about concussions a lot on this show. I think it's definitely a good thing if they show any signs at all of a concussion, uh, they're not allowed to play that game. They, you know, they're not allowed to play at all for the rest of the day, um, and then they have to, you know, keep going through the concussion protocol as the as the week goes on to see if they can play. In next week's game, um, I think that has a lot to do with it. But it does seem like there are uh, a lot of a lot more injuries that aren't, you know, concussions. Even if you look at the IR, you know, not those aren't concussion-related injuries. You're looking at knees, um, mostly knees. I think this also has to do with offenses speeding up. Offenses are playing more plays. Uh, you're seeing more action than they used to. Uh, you know, the average. 
amount of plays that a team runs uh, in one game has gone up steadily over the last uh, couple of seasons, and and you, I think you're going to continue to see that uh, grow. And I think you know, of course, if you see more action, you have more of a chance of getting hurt. Uh, but it is it, it is crazy. It, it has ravaged my fantasy team this year uh, as I drafted Bell and Ingram. Um, also had Andy Dalton, and so my fantasy team's taking a big knock. But a lot of teams are really hurting because of this. Peter, what's yours? Peter. Oh, sorry, my mic's been cutting in and out. Can you ask me the question again? Uh, what's your story of the week? So my story of the week is um, Gronkowski's return to the Patriots. I think we we're all pretty much surprised when it was announced that he was going to play because before, I think that morning we had talked about it, we heard that um, that he was going to be game – well, we heard he might play. It's going to be a game time decision and if he played, um, what would he be? We said he'd be a decoy, but – Having him back out in the field, and I watched I watched the game in its entirety. You could tell um, that his his return had made a major impact. Tom Brady was a little more comfortable in the pocket throwing the ball, and Gronkowski caught a touchdown right at the end of the first half, which put the Patriots at 17 points and put them ahead, um, and extended their lead, which they kept for good. And I it was really fun to watch Gronkowski back out there. You could tell he was happy. And I watched the post-game interview where he just talked about how happy he was to be back out there with his teammates. Um, he said it was a team effort. He didn't take very much credit for himself, if any at all. So having Gronkowski back out there for the Patriots was huge. He just set an NFL record um, for, I believe, the the most 1,000-yard, 10-touchdown seasons for a tight end. Uh, Gronkowski is, I think, in my opinion, by the time he retires, is uh, – is going to be the greatest quarterback that's ever, I mean, sorry, the greatest tight end that's ever played the game. Um, just because of the numbers he puts up, the way he plays the game, he's big, he's fast. He's he's pretty fast for what you think he might be, and and it's definitely made a major impact on the Patriots because with Broncos game without him, uh, Pat struggled, and then when he was out last week, it was pretty evident that New England was missing in the passing game. Uh, anybody got anything to add to that? I, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take it from here. I didn't expect Gronkowski <laughs> to play at all. Uh, you know, we we talked about this Sunday morning. Uh, you know, he was oh, he's only going to be used for a decoy. I think he had like two touchdown passes, if I'm not mistaken. So you know, it was great to see him back on the field. Great that he's you know looks like he's healthy and everything else. Uh, I know with the Patriots, they've got a lot of injury issues that Amos mentioned in Amos. I'm sorry, mentioned in his recap. Uh, you know that. Uh, Devin McCourty went down. Uh, Jonathan Freeney went down. Uh, what was it? Who was the other guy that you said? Somebody was three or four Garrett guys Blunt. went down there. Laguerre Blunt went down. So, you know, hopefully these guys come back come playoff time. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to pass it off to you on the Gronk return. Ryan? Ryan? Yeah, are you there? Yeah, Gronk returned. What you got? Sorry, uh, my phone cut out there. Um, 
Yeah, talking about Rob Gronkowski, this definitely surprised me that he played. And to Peter's point, you know, that uh, he'll be like the best tight end uh, when he retires. He's the best tight end that's ever played right now. Um, And I'm the only person on this show that's not a Patriots fan. Uh, He's amazing. What he can do, his size, his speed, his ability, we've never seen uh, a tight end of this quality ever. You know, and we've seen some really great tight ends. But we've not, never seen anything like this. Rob Gronkowski's unbelievable. Um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't even go home after the games. They just, like, lock him up in a cage under the stadium or something. <laughs> this guy's a freak. Uh, four, he only had four receptions, so he did see a limited. I said he'd see less than five targets, so I was right. Only saw four targets, got all, caught all four of them for 87 yards and a touchdown. That's, a, you know, over 20 yards a catch um, in this game. Uh, you know, and, and he's injured. Uh, you know, it's, it's unbelievable what this guy can do. He's an absolute freak. Any team would die to have him. Um, for anybody who plays, you know, like daily fantasy sports, you play FanDuel or DraftKings. When you go to select a tight end on those sites, you look at the tight ends, and he costs like two thousand more. You know, for your budget, he's like two grand more than every other player. That's a tight end, and it's for good reason, because you know each and every week he's going to put out um, production. I mean, he's an absolute freak. There is no tight end in past or present, in my opinion, uh, that is in his class of an athlete. This guy is, you know, that once of a lifetime, that that LeBron James, um, you know, kind of uh, just rare athlete, just unbelievable the kind of skills that this guy has. He's a freak of nature. I mean, I love this guy, and it only makes him better that, you know, he has this, like, goofy kind of uh, dumb jock kind of persona. It only makes it even, like, 100 times better. Uh, Rob Gankowski's just, uh, he's unbelievable. It just You can't say enough about the guy. He's a freak. And Amos. Amos. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, I'll get a ride eventually. It's that redneck thing. That's all right. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Gronk being on the field is a complete difference maker. And I think one thing that still boggles me as I've watched throughout the entire season is why you single coverage Ron, Rob Gronkowski. I don't understand it. He's going to take advantage of whoever he's on, no matter who it is. And him being out there last night was a huge difference. I even said before that I didn't think he'd play. I didn't think there would be much of a benefit in him playing. And, I mean, obviously – there was, but you know, I was glad there's a few times in it. Watching that game, paying attention to it, it didn't seem like the Texans anywhere. Kind of, they all kind of tried to hit him in, in the like the waist area, which was kind of nice to watch. Like you didn't really see somebody dive at his legs too much and kind of take that gasp of breath, thinking he was going to go down. But yeah, when he's on the field, he's a huge difference maker. And I agree with everyone when they say that. You know, I think he's like the only tight end. They have like five seasons of ten touchdowns or four seasons of ten touchdowns now mm-hmm. and a thousand yards. And yeah, I I mean he's a difference maker. He might arguably the biggest difference maker offensively when he's on the field in the league. All right, Ryan, you're next. All right, What's for my story? story Yeah, my story of the week, uh I'm gonna talk about some coaches that are on the hot seat and uh the way we're gonna do this is I'm gonna bring up a coach uh, and then I want to hear your guys' opinion if they're going to be fired by the end of the season. Um, so we'll start off. First co- coach here on the list is uh, Chuck Pagano. 
head coach of the Colts. Rich, what do you think? Yes. I I think yep. you're gonna see I, I think he's gonna I think he's done. He's a defensive minded coach and that's what the that they've been struggling with. He he's gone. He's gone. I don't see him coming back next year and uh it's just unfortunate, but he'll he'll find another team and, and coach them next year for sure. I agree. He reminds me of when Wade Phillips was with the Cowboys. He's a defensive coordinator coaching a decent team or with a decent offense on a team. Yep, I completely agree. It's a sweep here. Uh, this team is way too good, you know, uh, or has the talent to be way better than it is playing. Um, and Andrew Luck is your, it's your cornerstone to that team, and he's just not getting it done with Andrew Luck, which is, you know, a nece- it's a necessity to remain the coach of that team. Uh, second one, I think, is Peter's favorite coach in all of the NFL, Jeff Fisher. What do you think, Peter? Oh, he's definitely gone. That guy's terrible at coaching offense. He the guy's even when he gets a quarterback taken on the first round, he throws him under the bus and doesn't want to do anything with him. He's gone, and he did. He shouldn't even be coaching the Rams anymore. They should fire him as soon as the show's over. I should call the I should call the owner and tell him to fire him right now on the spot. He's terrible, <laughs> terrible. Oh man, I, I, yeah, he's he's done. <laughs> I'm sorry, you built a great defense, but your offense sucks. You're all yeah, done. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think he's out of there. I think he's out of there. The the faster they can get him out of there, probably the better. Another clean sweep. I completely agree. Um, and in the 60 games there, he's only gotten 24 wins, um, and he's gone through a steady decline every single year. Uh I mean his first year he was seven, eight and one, uh then his second year seven and nine and then it's six and ten and then you're on to this season where they you know, they just got their first win and six games. Uh you know, there, there's nothing to be said. I love Jeff Fisher, uh being a Tennessee Titans fan. I was sad to see him go. But really he really has taken this Rams team from middle of the pack to bottom of the barrel. Um Moving on, then next coach on the list, we got Mike McCoy out of San Diego. Uh, what do you guys think? Huh, that's an interesting one. I I'm gonna say he stays one more year because that GM is a complete moron. I've heard people say that if anyone goes, it should be the GM. So I'm I'm gonna say he stays one more year, just because the GM is not gonna fire him. He's gone. Yeah, I um, terrible. I, oh. I agree. I, I think he stays at least another year. I mean, just because of what North Turner didn't accomplish having Philip Rivers, LT, and Sean Merriman, and he stayed around there for way too long. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say that he he gets the axe this year. Um, he went he went nine and seven in his first season there, nine and seven in his second season there. Um, both years he finished third in the division. Uh, and now he's going to finish three and eight. So you're the product that you're getting from this coach is third place, third place. In- Did we lose Ryan? Yes, we lost Ryan again. Let's give him a minute to call back in. Uh, while we have I, a minute, Miami is up fourteen to ten, and they're in the red zone. Oh, yes. nice! And I, yeah, and uh, 
That's not nice. We want Miami to lose. <laughs> Ryan, if you're listening, call back in, buddy. We're missing this excellent segment. Let's see here. Did he message us back? Oh, I cannot wait till we make this jump over. I, th- this has just been a nightmare over here with Blog Talk. And I'm sorry for the people of Blog Talk, but you guys have got a lot of upgrading to do. Uh, He's calling in. I do. There it goes. Uh, all right. All right. Sorry Go about that, guys. No problem. We just did a score update and all that other. All piece. right. I, all I right. got a couple more of these coaches for you, uh, Rich. What do you think about Jason Garrett in Dallas? He's staying. He, I. If we learned anything, Tony Romo is the most important player on, in the, on the Dallas Cowboys roster. I, I think he's there. He he's not going anywhere. Jerry loves him. Yeah, I agree. I think he. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, I'm gonna agree. I'll make it quick. I think he stays. I don't think there's. I mean, there might be a better coordinator out there, but I'm, I I just don't think there's a better head coach out there for that particular job. Yeah, it, this isn't Jason Garrett's fault. This this is really Jerry Jones' fault for not having a backup quarterback that can actually win games. And Jerry Jones is just ridiculous as an owner. He makes some really really bad decisions and. You know, it's just unfortunate, but that's how it that's how it goes. But Jason Garrett shouldn't be fired, and I think give him another year. I think you get DeMarco Murray back after this season. They'll they'll be in business for sure. Burn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree too. Uh, you know, they just gave him a five year, thirty million dollar contract last year, uh, so I don't think that they're gonna. And it, you know, all that money's guaranteed in a coaching contract, so I don't think he's gonna go. Uh, Mike Pettine from uh, Cleveland, Rich, do you think that he gets the axe this year? Uh, considering the fact that they had some sort of team meeting and he wasn't invited, yes, he's gone. Yeah, I agree. I think he's gone, and I think Rochesinski should still be there. Yeah, he's gone. And, you know, I almost, I almost had my rant about him this morning because Mike Penn is just – he can't make any decision with the quarterback. He can't make any decisions, period. He clearly can't coach his team. Um, some of the decisions he made are just head scratching. He he should be fired too. He he's definitely gone. Uh, I think he's gone, and I think he's gone because I think that uh, Ray Farmer's at the end of his time in Cleveland. Uh, so I think the new general manager that comes in is going to want a new coach. All right, uh, Jim Tom Sula, San Francisco. Is he going to stay? Oh man. That that's a tough one too because that's they're going to be in a total. It's going to depend on the San Francisco 49ers once in there for the long haul. I'm going to say it's a 50-50 chance. I, that that's just my thought because if they're rebuilding, do they want to keep? Uh, they want to keep them there for the rebuild. Yeah, I, I think he stays. Uh, I, I think he stays. I don't know if he stays as a head coach. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to stay as a head coach either. The 49ers are very dysfunctional in the York family. They're they're just they're, they're losing their minds. Yeah, I think I I agree with you guys. I think that Jim Tom Sula uh, wasn't given a fair chance, uh, but I think he's gone at the end of the season. And now I'm going to give you uh, two guys that are real interesting here. Uh, they're not really on the hot seat. It's two coaches uh, that took over midway through the season: Dan Campbell and Mike Malarkey. Are they going to be able to turn uh, 
you know, get rid of the interim title and, and become the coaches uh, in Miami and Tennessee? No to both. Uh, interim coaches never work out in the long run. I think uh, Dan Campbell had a nice little two-game run. That thing is done and over with. He can't. It, it's just, it's gotten out of control in Miami. They need somebody. I, I think I, I read one of Peter's articles. I somehow think Sean Payton's going to wind up in Miami next year. And Mike Malarkey, no, I think, uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but if Chip Kelly leaves Philly, he loves Marcus Mariota, so he may go there. Yeah, yeah I'm on a, um, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Um, as far as the interim coaches, I think both are going to be gone. The only one that has a better chance to think is Malarkey, but as far as Campbell, Miami, I think he'll be gone. I think Sean Payton, that's probably the best team uh, for his fit because he, he'll have the tools on offense and Ryan Tannehill and a quarterback to help develop and build. I'm gonna go with Campbell in Miami. I think honestly, I think he's a I think he's a big fifty fifty. I think he has a decent shot. And as far as Tennessee, I think it's a bunch of malarkey that he's even the interim coach. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that made me cringe, Damon. Oh, I'm um, gonna have to tweet that one out. <laughs> We're gonna have to tweet that one out. That was a great one. Line of the night goes to Amos. <laughs> I uh, I don't see either of them staying, but I think both of them uh, did a you know a pretty good job as interim head coach. I think they both um, improved the team from the coach that was there previously. Uh, Mike Malarkey, I don't see him staying with the team at all. But I think whoever takes over at Miami uh, needs to keep Dan Campbell on uh, on that coaching staff because those players really reacted to him. Um, and that's all the coaches we got this week. All right, so we've got a new segment in honor of Peter because Peter likes calling everyone a bum. We're going to do a stud and bum of the week, and I just <laughs> thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I'm going to go first. My stud of the week is obviously Cam Newton. Cam Newton, your Panthers are still undefeated. You're playing lights out football. As a Patriots fan, Brandon LaFell, you're my bum of the week. You still can't catch a freaking cold. All right, so my stud of the week, um, definitely going to have to go with Russell Wilson this week, another five-touchdown performance. As far as my bum of the week, well, it's really bums of the week. I'm calling out the entire Atlanta Falcons team, just terrible. Another year you know, they get shut out, just ter- that That's just awful. Bums. I'm going with uh, my stud of the week is Tremaine Johnson. Uh, that corner, you know, I talked about him earlier in the show. Had an absolutely amazing game. Um Bum of the week, uh, Robbie Gold. You know, we always hear how good he is at kicking field goals in the weather, and he's missed a three in the last two weeks that were critical. He's definitely uh, bumming right now. Um, uh, you, oh, bro, oh, I was going to give a score update. Giants 17, uh, they're tied up right now, uh, 17 apiece. Go ahead. So I think I'm going to go with my side of the week. I'm going to go with Alan Hearns. Uh, had a great game against the Colts. Um, did very well. I think he had two touchdowns, like eight receptions, 99 yards receiving. I, I think that's kind of a guess. But <laughs> um, And for my bum of the week, I'm going to go with 53 of them, the entire 49ers team. <laughs> I just could not have made me look stupider, which is not what it's about. But come on. I'm from Ohio. Yeah. They made us all look stupid, though. So, yeah, those are some great selections for our new bum and stud of the week. Uh, 
playoff picture has uh, obviously changed, as some of us have said. Right now, the AFC looks like this. Patriots 1, Bengals 2, Broncos 3, Colts 4, Chiefs 5, Jets 6. I'm going to say it now. Patriots, New England controls their own destiny now. If they went out, they're obviously going to win the top seed. Uh, the Broncos have to play the Steelers this weekend, and I'm still not sure how the Steelers are out right now, which is odd because I think the Steelers are going to beat the Broncos and get back in. So I'm going to leave it at – I still think uh, probably, you know, and, and they're talking about the Jags actually winning the you know winning the division now the way they're playing. They blew the – they hung the 50-burger on the Colts. So, you know, I, I think you're looking at it a little – I think we're still a little bit too far away. But if I was to say the top three, it would probably be Patriots one. Oh, man. I think you're going to see Patriots one, Bengals two, Broncos three. And then the four, five, and six are going to shuffle before the season's over. Peter? Right, so, for my, so, so oh, for my oh. AFC standings, I'm going to take Patriots at one. Um, I think Denver slips up to that number two spot because of the injury to Andy Dalton. Then you got the Bengals, Bengals at three. Um, play the truth, I'm still going to take the Texans at, at four because Indy is just so up and down right now. And then for five, I'm going to take Chiefs. And then for six, that's still up in the air. But I think the Steelers could possibly steal away, um, steal that spot away from the Jets. But right now. Just the only change I would make is Pats one, and then you get the Bengals sitting as the two seed. But I'm going to take the Broncos, put them at, put them at two, Bengals at three, Colts, uh, Texans at four, Chiefs five, and then I think the Steelers can actually come up and steal the Jets spot, but that's yet to be seen. Yeah, my playoff picture, I'm going to take uh, the Patriots at the number one spot. Um, I think that they're playing good and they're starting, you know, they got Gronk back. Um, which you know, is such a huge difference. I don't think that they're going to uh, be losing very many games, if any, for the rest of the season. Um, I'm actually going to drop the Bengals down to three because of the loss of Andy Dalton, and they're saying that he could be out for where it, you know a month or, or better. Uh, he might not be back until playoff time. And then I'm going to put the, of course, Broncos move up into the number two slot. Um and I, I agree with what Peter said there. I don't see the Colts winning the AFC South this season. I think the Texans are the better team right now, so I'm going to say Texans at four. Um, Chiefs are red hot and you know playing great football. They're going to stay at the five slot. And then six, this gets difficult because I really like the way that the Steelers are playing. I think they're playing really good football. Uh, but I don't see the Jets losing very many games for it. They have a pretty easy schedule slide. And, um to the end of the season, uh, and so I don't see them losing very many games. Uh, and the you know the Steelers still have a decent schedule, you know, with the Broncos and and whatnot moving forward. So I think that the Jets are going to be able to hold on to that sixth spot. Yeah, with the uh, I'm gonna go with the Patriots one as well. I I just see I think they're gonna win every game from here on out. Maybe fifth last week, but so possible they win that one. I'll move the Bengals down to three, put the Broncos at two. I know uh, Cincinnati has still have to play Denver and so does Pittsburgh, and anything can happen. But I'm on, I think the Broncos win both those games, so they're at two. I'll put the Bengals at three. I think McCarron may surprise the people. 
Um, the and I'm going to put the Jaguars at four. I still think they're going to win that division. And I'll stick with Chiefs being at five and the Jets at six. All right. And over in the NFC standings, I'm not going to do a lot here because I like all the teams in here, but right now it's Panthers one, Cardinals two, Packers three, Redskins four, Seahawks five, Vikings six. I think maybe the Vikings have kind of fallen off a little bit. So if anyone drops out, it may be them. Uh, that that four seed is either going to go to the Redskins or the Eagles in the long run, but I think based on the scheduling, the Redskins will win this division. Yeah, I'm going to take Panthers. Uh, look at NFC teams. Panthers at one, Cardinals still at two, Packers at three, Washington at four, Seattle at five, and I think Minnesota still holds on to that six seed. Um, I'm not sure if another team can sneak up, but. Look out for the Eagles. They're quietly making some noise right now. Yeah, Ryan. my NFC standings aren't going to change too much from what it is right now. And they got one change. Uh, so I got uh, Panthers obviously staying at number one. I think that they're actually going to win out. I think they're going to be 16-0 and heading to the playoffs. And I still don't think they're the best team in that division uh, talent-wise. I mean, the best team in that conference, um, talent-wise. Number two, I got the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, number three, Packers staying right there. Number four, I am taking the Eagles. I think the Eagles end up taking the division. Um, they're playing pretty good right now. They're stringing wins together now that Bradford – I mean, uh, starting to win games now Bradford's back. Um, you know, had a huge win over the Patriots. Um, they're playing – their best football they have like all season right now, and uh, it's the perfect time to get hot. And the Redskins, after getting hot, now have started to cool off again. Um, and of course, I'm, I I wouldn't bet anything on the Giants right now. That secondary is atrocious. Uh, then five, Seahawks staying right where they are. And six, this is intriguing, and I almost knocked the Vikings out. Um, and move someone else into that sixth slot because I think the Vikings are still are going to lose a couple more games. They've a, this schedule is so backloaded for them, but I'm going to keep them there for right now. Um, but I might live to regret that. All right, real quickly, Amos, we got about two minutes to go, so give me about 45 seconds. Amos, I agree with I agree with one through five. I think Minnesota is going to drop out. I'm not for sure who else maybe Tampa gets in there, but as of right now, if you shut down Adrian Peterson, Minnesota can't do anything offensively, and I think that's going to hurt him in the run. All right. That's about all we have for tonight. Uh, tomorrow night we've got Ryan and uh, Amos doing their fantasy football show. Wednesday night there's a whole new format I think you guys are going to love. It's like a team team versus team debate thing going on. Thursday is a variety show, or Thursday is a uh, week 15 preview show. Friday is the free for all. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this new format. Like I said, this is a work in progress, so things are going to change once football season's over. But everyone have a good night. Enjoy the rest of the game if you're watching it. Talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs>